Baker Mayfield speaks for the first time since joining the Panthers. Lamar Jackson not in the top 10, and Gronk says he's not coming back, even if Tom calls. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome into a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. He is Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, and be sure to subscribe on YouTube or follow wherever you get your podcasts. And Tony, let's dive right on into it, because Baker Mayfield was the subject of this podcast and many podcasts over the past uh, few months, given the situation in Cleveland. Well, He's no longer in Cleveland, and he met with the media on Tuesday as a member of the Carolina Panthers and admitted that he's circling that week one date, that matchup against his former team that took him first overall in the 2018 draft. Let's start here because the the, the thing, it's one thing to talk about Baker and that potential matchup and all of those things, and there's time for that, and I'm sure we'll get to it this segment at least a little, but it's also an open competition according to the Panthers general manager with Sam Darnold. Do you think Baker Mayfield is going to beat out Sam Darnold for that starting job? He should $18 million. And I think they're make they're paying what 8 million. I don't think you make this move. If you were sure Sam Darnold was your guy. And it, it just really feels like to me that a bunch of people going to get fired in Carolina this year if they don't win. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, they they I think he'll be a he'll he'll be their day one starter. Here's my problem with Baker. Usually when a guy gets jettisoned from a franchise, you can point to management, you can point to coaching changes, you can point to all of that. My biggest issue with him, it seems like his teammates didn't like him. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing you can do or say to anybody about motiv- motivate how about this you're gonna motivate your, you better motivate your new left tackle that he got to block miles Garrett. that's you, you you that's he's doing it again now he's running his mouth and th- i can see why he is unlikable i i, I doesn't mean i don't like him I, I don't know him but i can definitely see why he's an unlikable dude yeah and and he did you know praise the fans of cleveland said he learned patience this offseason And so, yeah, I think that this is uh, very much a make or break type of year for Baker Mayfield. Uh, As far as Sam Darnold, to me, I think we know. And with Baker, I think we know too, but I I think he comes with a higher floor. And that's what we saw in 2020. That's why the Browns were able to beat uh, the Steelers, make the playoffs, beat the Steelers in the postseason. And, you know, they competed with the Chiefs in Kansas City. It's because Baker rises, you know, raises that floor where Sam Darnold, he might throw the ball all over and a healthy Baker should win this competition. I really believe that, especially you look at, at some of the weapons around him and on paper, I think it does make some sense, but yeah, can he elevate? Mm-hmm. And that's the part of it, because if you look on paper, the Browns, it's easy to say, oh, before Baker got there, look, he elevated the the team and it's like well yeah but they also went and got a Jarvis Landry they also went and invested in often the offensive line they also went and and found the right coach 
and fired a GM that brought in a bunch of talent and John Dorsey and then got Andrew Barry who continued to bring in talent. Like it's not like they, you know, had the same team Baker came in and suddenly they started winning games. It was a process and it was an up and down process, but they were more talented and had a better roster from a talent standpoint than a lot of these teams with young quarterbacks. And it's not like he blew the doors off there. So that's the part where, and even a few weeks ago, I didn't love the fit in Carolina because I, yeah. I just think it's it's rocky. Now, mm-hmm. now he vaults into a quarterback competition where he has to learn the playbook and all of these things right before camp. Really tough to do. And, and so I, I thought like the Seattle landing spot would have made more sense, I, you know, for him and put him in a position to succeed. Instead, he's in Carolina, which to me, they may have the fourth best team, maybe third. You know, you could put them ahead of the Falcons. Fine. Third best team in the NFC South. But I think there's a clear gap between them and the Saints between that second and third spot in the division. Yeah, you're right. I do too. And the thing that I can't wrap my hands around, I try to look at quarterbacks and say, okay, how come he can't make it? Why isn't he good? I can't figure it out with Darnold. He's just not that guy. With Baker, it is very important. If you're not liked by your teammates as the quarterback, you have to at least be respected. And he had a way to get their respect, and that was – by playing through injuries last year. Even J.J. Watt. Remember when Watt sacked him and, and Watt was like, hey, man, y'all come, this guy's out here hurting. The dude was playing injured. That is one thing that usually makes your teammates gravitate, gravitate towards you because you, you're out there laying it on the line. And that wasn't even enough. It wasn't even enough. And I know Deshaun Watson is a great player. Mm-hmm. But with all that baggage that Deshaun Watson comes with, Cleveland didn't have to do that. You, he gave them every reason to get rid of him. And so – now you're looking at a coach who might lose his job, an owner who just stopped building a, a, a facility after spending a whole bunch of money to start the facility. Carolina's a mess right now, in my opinion. And I think you have a mess and you bring a guy who's messy into the situation. I think it's going to be a little bit volatile and I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. Unless they get off to a good start, right? Uh, unless things Christian McCaffrey stays healthy and you get good Baker because he's certainly talented and, Look, they do have a DJ Moore and a Robbie Anderson, and there are pieces to like on offense, but he's had pieces to like, mm-hmm. right? This guy didn't work with Odell Beckham Jr. Like He didn't work with two it, great running backs. It, Matt Stafford, it didn't take long for him to use OBJ and maximize his value, right? So uh, that's the, the part of it that is going to be interesting. But it does. I will say this. I just said interesting. The Panthers are much more interesting now with Baker Mayfield than they were before. And it's going to be one of the storylines, one of the teams now that we certainly follow here on Locked On NFL. Speaking of teams we follow, the Baltimore Ravens, a team trying to rebound from an injury-riddled 2021 season. And Lamar Jackson, not a top-10 quarterback? We'll dive into that next right here on Locked On NFL. But first, a word from Dave. And, you know, we've all been there, right, where you need just a little extra cash to get you – through whether you have just some kind of bill comes up that you didn't see some unforeseen expense well dave can help if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet it can be really stressful and dave is the banking app that can get you up to 500 instantly with extra cash it's more money to fill your tank buy a wedding gift catch up on bills you can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So 
Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you with Dave. And we thank you for making us your first listen here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. I am Tony Wiggins along with my brother from another mother, James Rapine. James, the NFL, I, I guess it was, who did it? Was it the writers or the coaches that came it, up with this? Who, who it, was it? It was ESPN. So ESPN interviewed over 50 executives, coaches, mm-hmm. players, and they did their positional rankings. And they do this every year. And Lamar Jackson, not in the top 10. And it, it, I'm going to tell you what it is right, right away. Yeah. Everybody's coming up with all of these. Well, the NFL hasn't adapted to these type of quarterbacks, and it, and that might be true. It's because he's asking for money, and, and they don't like the way he's doing it. He's doing it without an agent. And athletes, certain athletes get a bad rap, and they look greedy when they have to ask for money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people go – they'll tell you in a minute, you never seen Drew Brees go through this. He never had to. Mm-hmm. But you never saw this guy go through He never had to. If I'm an MVP in my first couple of years in the league and I sacrifice and give my body and they've built that team around him and they are not the same team, I don't care what stats somebody puts up when Lamar isn't playing, they don't win when, when Lamar isn't playing. They, they, one, they need to pay him. And they need to quit joking around with it and give that man his money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that has as much to do with people's opinions of him than, it, than anything. And... I looked at the list, and the list is the list is a really good list. There, there are at least two guys on there at the very end. Dak Prescott's one of them. I would not put Dak Prescott ahead of Lamar. And I know you're going to faint because I just said something negative about a Dallas Cowboy. I like Dak. Dak, Dak ain't Lamar. Not. He's not the same. They're, they're I, different. It's not even close. No. By the way, I, I'm just, I'll be very clear because that's the one that stood out to me the most. Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott aren't even in the same arena from no. a quarterback standpoint. You're right. And, You're right. you know, you could say oh, the Cowboys had the number one offense and they throw it all over the field and their defense this and it a bit. Of Man, I'm telling you, you ask a defensive coordinator who they would prefer to face. Exactly. I would face Dak Prescott all day long over Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's never had, you know, the weapons that Dak Prescott had even last year. And so that's the part of this, like, Obviously, he's a top 10 quarterback. Do, do I blame NFL evaluators for putting Joe Burrow ahead of Lamar? No. Or Justin Herbert ahead of Lamar? No, because I, I get it. I understand. You look at him and they're like, wow, that's crazy. You know, Matt Stafford moves up the list because he won a Super Bowl. I get it. I understand those. But right. Dak Prescott, what the hell are we talking about? Dak Prescott, what does he want? And people are going to say, oh, well, what does Lamar want? He's won an MVP with a team that has been built around him, sure. But in a passing league, they have not given him a ton of weapons. At they all. not. At he, all. He, has no, he doesn't have an Amari Cooper there. There's no Amari no. Cooper in Baltimore. No, no, no D.D. Lamb there. You know, C.D. Lamb? Yeah. C.D. Yeah, D.D. There ain't no D.D. Lamb in the NFL. Yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> so C.D. C.D. And you know what's funny about that? His names aren't even initials. It's actually spelled out, and I still said it wrong. Yeah. You know, right. but the, the, 
And we ain't taking this out either. Ain't no editing this. He's going to put this all over the internet that I call that man D.D. Lamb. Yeah. And uh, so, no, you're right. They they failed. And, and they failed in a, in a couple of ways offensively. And I love their coach, by the way, uh, John Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not I'm not a huge fan of their offensive coordinator. And him and Lamar have kind of like been going back and forth, you know, or a couple of times. They they sort of Lamar said the people know what our plays are when we come up to the line of scrimmage when they hear us. Mm-hmm. And the, the OC goes, everybody knows everybody's plays in the league, mm-hmm. which might be true, but. You lack a little bit of creativity, and they also lack creativity in the way that they weaponize the team. Um, they do a real good job at drafting tight ends and interior linemen. They are yeah. terrible at adding wide receivers. Absolutely well, horrific. I like the kid they got last year, Bateman, but Bateman, he got hurt. Me too. He tore his, yeah. tore his you know, hamstring, and it took him a while to get healthy, and by that time, Lamar wasn't healthy, so we yet to really see what they can do. But other teams, like – KC, for example, when they had Tyreek Hill and they had other guys, you still heard people saying they need another wide receiver, right? Am I mm-hmm. right or wrong? Right. They, they need another wide out. When, when they already had guys, honestly, the Bengals had two good receivers and they still drafted Jamar Chase. No doubt. And I, I was the one saying, I because I am very much a team receiver. I think weapons matter. Here's the one thing I will say, though, because it's not just Lamar's a victim. I do think he needs to expand in one way, in one realm. And there's one area where from the jump, and I'll just use Burrow, it's the guy I cover, and and I've seen it. But, you know, we can use any of these top quarterbacks. The ability to pre-snap read, diagnose, go off script, all of those things pre-snap, that matters. And I wonder how much of that, Greg Roman, you mentioned the Ravens offensive coordinator, I wonder how much of that makes them predictable. How good is Lamar Jackson at saying, oh, this defense just shifted. I saw this on film. This is what they're doing. Let's audible out of this. Let me check to this. Let me check to that. I don't know, but I haven't heard a ton of, of about that. So I think he's a top 10 quarterback. But if he wants to take another leap, right, and be fifth next year or fourth, of course, the personnel and all of those things, we could talk about that. But I think that's kind of the next step for Lamar is being an elite processor. And I don't know if you can do that. I think that's kind of hard to go. I think you can get better at it. And I do think that's an area where he needs to get, you know, improved because he's obviously a, a terrifying athlete. He's a game changer, game wrecker on the field. But he could, could you imagine if he knew exactly what was coming and wasn't just reacting at times? And mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is, you know, 2004 Michael Vick where he said he doesn't watch film. I think Lamar works. I'm not saying that. I'm just thinking if he can grow in that area, it would make them less predictable as well because let's be honest here, quarterbacks, they do have the control to a certain extent when they're on the field. Right, and there are guys that can talk the game better than they can play it. Tony Romo yep. was very good, but he talks the game like he's the best quarterback to ever play, but he wasn't sure. on the field. And yep. Brett Favre said he didn't know what a nickel defense was, and he was a real good player. So the thing is, <laughs> somebody there are people that are just built and yoked differently when it comes to yep. – football the thing about the quarterback position is you have to be a a a communicator you have to speak some sort of language that everybody understands and that's not saying he's not articulate or any of that but to your what you're saying is you're talking about the communication aspect of football being able to see and switch things up instead of just using your athleticism and using your ability 
and using your acumen as a quarterback, guys have to know what you're doing. Do you recall when Ocho Cinco went to play for the Patriots? Mm-hmm. It didn't work because he couldn't figure it out. Yep. The option oh, yeah. routes and all of this stuff. I do. Yeah. Right. So, but he's one of the smartest football players ever. Mm-hmm. In terms of his his football IQ, he knows stuff about soccer. Ultra Singles a smart dude, mm-hmm. but then Randy Moss goes, and everyone thinks that Randy Moss is just some guy who moons people and catches jump balls. He has his, the best years of his career in New England, and both Tom Brady and Bill Belichick say he's the smartest football player they ever saw. But you you yep. wouldn't have known it had you just looked from the surface level. So I really do believe that. They're they're not doing right by Lamar, and Greg. This ain't the first. He's not the first player to complain about Greg Roman either. So let's mm-hmm. let's make sure. There's a reason why Greg Roman ain't a head coach. So uh, I I did not think I was gonna slander Greg Roman today, but I just did. But the thing yeah. is, is at some point they gotta figure out what they're gonna do, and if they do the wrong thing, they're gonna be absolutely sorry that they make that choice. If somehow Lamar Jackson ends up in somebody else's uniform. Rob Gronkowski says he is done, even if TB12 Tom Brady calls and asks him to return. We'll discuss that next on Locked On NFL. Tony, let's dive into this because Rob Gronkowski on Tuesday afternoon, and I have the quote here because there's been plenty of speculation. Hey, will, will Gronk really retire even though he's retired right now? Will Is he really done? And Rob Gronkowski told this to ESPN's Mike Reese. I would answer, obviously, if Tom Brady called, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Ask him how he's doing. Tell him I'm I'm doing good, but I wouldn't go back to football. No. Do you buy that Gronk is all the way done and will never play another game in the NFL? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because Gronk... For the very reason that I that that I think a lot of people don't believe it, Gronk's a Gronk's a, and I say this with all due respect, he's a certified meathead. And what I mean by that is, he's a football guy. I mean he he's a dude. He he he's the ultimate guy. If you could draw a picture of a dude in the locker room, it's Gronk. That mm-hmm. that's what he is. He's a gym. He's a gym dude. He's a football dude. You, you know, you saw him walking around drinking a gallon of milk. You know what I'm saying? Out of mm-hmm. the gallon itself. And the thing is, is he's the ultimate jock jock, right? So that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people may not believe or think that he's not going to stay away from football. But here's why I think he will. Because that's who he – he's the ultimate jock. And for him to say, I'm done, I just simply think that this is a thing where a guy actually hates waking up on Monday morning, banged up and having to go to practice. And this is more than just staying and avoiding training camp because he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to say he's not coming back to avoid training camp. But for me, this just represents a guy that when you see his body, how his body's changed, he's just tired, man. Gronk takes and delivers a bunch of punishment. I think he's just like, at some point I got to let this thing go and I got to start doing something else. And that's what I think it is. I think, for the ultimate guy that loves football, for the guy who to, to, to represent what a locker room guy is like Gronk, and for him to say, I'm finished, I believe it until I see otherwise. Yeah, I, I get it. I understand it. You take it for, for what it is, and it makes a lot of sense. And if he never plays again, I would understand it. I think, though, there's going to be a time over the next few months 
that Rob Gronkowski and not just Gronk, Julian Edelman, and Edelman's mentioned this a few times, they come back. And I say that in air quotes for those watching on YouTube and for those listening. I, I, I say that in quote. And, and by comeback, I mean they're going to go to the field and they're going to say, all right, if I'm going to do this, let me see. I believe there are certain guys that are wired that way. Brady's going to go through this when he eventually retires. Michael Jordan, I believe, went through this post-Wizards. There was that ESPN article about him like a decade ago, maybe more so than that. Uh, Michael Jordan turned 50. He hasn't turned 60 yet, so it's been less than a decade. But, uh, you know, at his Hall of Fame speech, he joked about playing at 50. Mm-hmm. I bet you there was a moment at like 48 years old where Michael Jordan went on the basketball court and started running suicides and did gassers and just just wanted to see. <laughs> I believe that. Like, I just I think certain guys are that way. And I think Gronk, is he Jordan? No. But I think there will be a moment when the Buccaneers are seven and three and they could use a tight end. And man, you know, Brady kind of says, hey, Gronk, you, you know, you can come one last ride. Let's get a ring here where it makes sense. I think Edelman still has that itch because it was such a sudden retirement and no one really expected it and all the injuries piled up and his body's feeling good. So I actually think both guys are going to make one last run at it. I just don't know if anyone's going to be around to see it. I don't know because if if that workout doesn't go well, obviously it wouldn't have for Michael and my hypothetical thing that I'm speculating on. Right. Then they don't come back and it ends there. It ends on that court. It ends on that field because it just doesn't feel the same. But if it feels the same and Gronk is healthy, I do think there's a chance. And I don't want to rule it out. And even in his mind, man, there's been so many, you know this, professionally, you think a certain way. And then two months later, you're like, well, my life's been flipped upside down because this opportunity comes up or that opportunity. And so who knows? He may be feeling really good in October, November, go out there in that Florida heat, feel good and and sign for the remainder of the year, especially if the Bucs need someone uh, would I be shocked if he didn't? No, this might be it for, for Gronk, but I can't fully bury him now because I just these guys are, are wired different, as you know. And so I would not be shocked if either one of those guys. I know I just threw Edelman in there. Wouldn't be no, shocked if he came, no you're right. I mean, I retired from a job and went back. Um, when I was doing full-time terrestrial radio, there's a lot of requirements if you're ever going to excel in that that comes with selling and taking meetings. And I had never qu- – I didn't quit cutting hair. So I was still a barber. It was easy for me and it was very lucrative. Therefore, I would get off the radio. I go by the barbershop every day. I go by the barbershop before I went to radio. And at some point I said, if I'm ever going to maximize this, I need to have a lot of free times to do a lot of selling, to do Mm -hmm. a lot of remotes, to take a lot of meetings. So I walked away from cutting hair. I was lost on Saturday morning. The first Saturday morning, I was walking around the house with absolutely nothing to do and no one to argue with. And I... I was I, I got a knee I got drunk before the first game came on and I watched the game. I'll never forget. You go, you're going to laugh when you realize who it was. It was Florida State at Louisville and Lamar Jackson was running up and down the, the field. Yep. And yep. I think it was like 75 to nothing at halftime. And I'm a Florida State fan <laughs> and I'm like literally drunk. It's like the worst day of my life because I'm lost. And I go uh, I call my wife. She came and picked me up from the, the bar down the street. Right. And she looked over at me and I looked at her. So I had this disgusted, I'm drunk, my team just got blasted, and I'm lost on Saturday. I don't know what people do on Saturday mornings 
So I was drunk yeah. before 12 o'clock and she gave me the look, the look that told me. And then she said this, you got to go cut hair on Saturdays. We can't have this. So <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, he said, you, you're, you're a mess and you really don't know. What to do. I heard her on the phone, man, the next day telling her sister, child, he don't know what to do with himself. He looked like a lost little orphaned puppy yesterday. He was drunk at 12. And so if Gronk feels that way and he got people telling him and you got clients calling you, begging you to come back, maybe Tom Brady calls him back and maybe he gets it. I get it. But there's one thing. When you're in a barbershop, you don't get hit. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. all of those hits, I think back to a hit he got, I think it was either Thursday or Sunday night or Monday night. I think it was Cam Chancellor or Bobby Wack. Somebody hit him and almost broke his – I think they broke his ribs. How many times can you go through that in your career? Yeah. Over and over and over again. So unless he gets that call late in the year and the Bucks are 14-2 and two or whatever and they're looking that, – that scenario, yeah. Any other scenario where it doesn't look like they're the head and shoulders champions or they have a legitimate shot to win the whole thing, I don't think he's coming back. Yeah. No, I, I think it's fair, and it's going to be interesting to see. Will the Bucks be contenders again? I, at least on paper, they're going to be. Thank you so much for listening on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL, and make sure you check us out every single day right here on Locked On NFL. We'll be back next Wednesday, Tony and I, but in the meantime, we'll have you covered on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. For Tony Wiggins, I'm James Rapine, signing off for now right here on Locked On NFL.